0: Excellent. would you turn in your Bibles this morning to Colossians chapter 3, cruising along in our verse-by-verse study of the book of Colossians here on Sunday mornings. We've arrived at verse 18, Colossians chapter 3. Page 1,355, if you're using a Bible, under the seat in front of you, Colossians 3, beginning in verse 18. Father, we ask your blessing this morning upon your word. We thank you for the profound truths that we get insight into as we study your word. And yet we also thank you for the practical, everyday truth. Lord, thank you that you're the God of the details. You care about every detail of our life. Give us understanding, give clarity, and help us to obey what you teach us this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we tend to think that living the Christian life is doing all of those big, obvious Christian things that Christians do. We go to church, we go to Bible study, we attend the prayer meeting, we do an outreach, we go on a mission trip, we feed the poor. That's what Christians do. That's the Christian life. And certainly those are indeed wonderful, important And necessary things that we're to do as Christians. But please know. That your Christianity is to spill over. Into every area of your life. Especially. In the day-to-day relationships. And responsibilities of everyday life. Paul in our text this morning touches on the two areas of day-to-day life that occupy our lives by far the most. First, family life, and then work life. So look what we read in verse 18. This is every Christian woman's favorite verse in the Bible. (laughs) Paul says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So four really short verses that describe a healthy Christian family, And the responsibilities for every role in a healthy Christian family. Now, we've actually read the abridged version of all that Paul teaches about this. He gives us more details in Ephesians chapter 5 and 6. So I'll be drawing from that. But understand first that in the Christian family, there is a God-ordained order. There is a structure to the Christian family. In a Christian family, the Lord himself is the ultimate authority. Every member of the family should seek the Lord first. The Lord has given the husband the place of headship in the family. He is to be the head of the marriage and the head of the home. The wife is to willingly take a submissive role within the Christian marriage. Recognizing the headship role of the husband and in supporting him in that. Parents, mom and dad together, are in authority over children. Children are to be in a submissive role to their parents. That's the order. That's the structure that God has ordained for a Christian family. And understand, that order does not mean that wives are somehow inferior to husbands any more than it means that children are inferior as human beings to people or to parents. All are equal in the eyes of God. In fact, in Galatians chapter 3, Paul writes, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, we're all one. We're all equal of absolute equal value. This is just for the sake of order. Structure. Structure. So that every member of the family knows what the structure is. And gang, we find that structure in order in every sector of life. As Christians, we are absolutely commanded to be submissive to our bosses at work. Whether they're male or female. We are to be submissive to our teachers and our professors. Whether they're male or female. Were to be submissive to the government authorities, whether male or female. There's no inequality in that. It's order. You know, in the Trinity, in the triune nature of God, you know, there's relationship within the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, God the Son is in a submissive role to God the Father. Does that make him less valuable than God the Father? It's order, it's equality, that is also submissive. In fact, that dreaded S word, submission, it's the Greek word tasso." Hupo means under, tasso means simply, listen, to arrange. A person of equal value arranging themselves under. For the sake of order. So that is God's design for the Christian family. If you're a Christian family, that should be the structure that you would want to implement in your home. Now, look at the different roles that people play within that order. Let's start with the husbands first. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be bitter toward them. Number one responsibility if you are a Christian husband every day, day by day, in the details of life. You love your wife. And this is the Greek word agapeo. This is the sacrificial love. This is the supernatural love. The unconditional love. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So, your number one responsibility within marriage is to love your wife the way Christ loved the church. You show that love to her every single day in quality time, in quality communication, in godly encouragement, in service around the home, in faithfulness, and in affection. Your wife is to be the number one relationship in your life, and you should show her that every single day. She should be top priority. It also says, husbands... Do not be bitter towards them. Literally, don't be harsh. I will just say, one of the ugliest things I have ever seen in the church is when a Christian husband abuses their place of headship. And they strut around their family like King Tut, ordering their wife around, Ordering their kids around. That is an abuse and a misunderstanding of what this text teaches. Leadership in a Christian home is always servant leadership. Compassionate. Seeking the best for others. So, Christian husbands. Love your wife. And then what it says about wives. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Now, there's overlap in every role. In fact, there's a verse before Paul speaks of the family in Ephesians where it says we're all supposed to submit to one another. There should be submission on both ends. And... The wife is to love her husband. Quality time, quality communication, caring for. Submission is this wonderful gift that you can give to your husband an honor, a respect. Please understand verse 18. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands. This does not teach that women are to be submissive to men in all of society. No, Christian wife, listen. This is a gift that you have reserved for your husband. And you give this to him. You show him love in that way. You support him in the leadership role. Now, being submissive does not mean that you're allowed to be a doormat. It does not mean that you're not allowed to speak your mind. Speak your mind. Speak up. In fact, most a really godly Christian husband who really loves his wife will value greatly the input. Christian husband and a Christian wife are a team. They do life together. They make decisions together. They pray about everything together. Only on those occasions where there's disagreement, it should go with what the husband has said. Now, I will tell you, Kim and I have been married for 26 years, and we have been on consensus on every decision that you can possibly imagine I can only think of maybe five times where we had a disagreement after praying about it and all of that and so we went with my decision and in retrospect I should have listened to her (laughs) so marriage is a team of co-laborers that respect one another, but also recognize that order and work towards it. The Cherokee marriage ceremony is very expressive. The man and woman join hands over running water to indicate that their lives are thenceforth to flow on in one stream together. That's what you do in marriage. And I'll tell you, if you... Seek to obey God's counsel. He will give you a wonderful marriage. You will have a marriage that will be a great witness to others. You will have a marriage that is a great witness for your kids. You know the most important thing you can do for your kids is show them a great marriage. Just a word to those who are dating. My brothers and sisters in Christ that are single. Maybe you're dating. You would be wise to think about such things as you date. My sister in Christ, it's not about how good looking he is. All of that matters. Is he a man of God? Is he a man that you think would be safe for you to give that gift of submission to young man dating it's more about physical attraction is she a woman of God is she gonna follow you to the ends of the earth in serving the Lord you think through those things all right kids verse 20 Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So children are to be in a submissive role to their parents. Now, by children, I would define that as all minor dependents. So toddler, elementary, mid, high school, in some cases even college although certainly boundaries change depending upon you know the age of the child but if you're a minor dependent if you're still in the home you are to be in a submissive place to your parents and it says in verse 20 you are to obey your parents in all things the greek word for obey is hupakuo hupo remember under akuo acoustics to hear There's two parts to obedience. First, you hear. And that's a big battle to win sometimes. Kids, when your parents are talking to you, turn the phone off. Set the devices down and give your parents your full attention. By the way, we could all take that advice, couldn't we? And then as they give you instruction, you comply. You obey them in all things. Curfew, chores, sharing with brothers and sisters, homework, morals, church attendance. You do obey them in all things, not some things. The only exception would be if If you had a parent that would tell you to do something that is directly contrary to what it says in God's word. And by the way, that same thing holds true for every structure. We obey God first. If our government authorities tell us something that goes against God, who do we obey? God. If our managers tell us to go against something that God says at work, who do we obey? In the home. Now you do that respectfully, but you do it. Children, you're in that place. Please, please understand, Christian parent, your kids are not in charge. Please understand that. You're in charge. Children, you're not in charge. Your parents are in charge. Obey them in all things, and there's great benefits, says in verse 20. This is well-pleasing to the Lord. Young person, this is well-pleasing to the Lord. God is pleased. He'll bless you. Paul says in Ephesians, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Listen, that it may be well with you, and you may live long upon the earth. Benefits to obeying your parents. You'll be protected. You'll be safeguarded. They're going to lead you in the right way especially as Christian parents. Teenager, I know you think that you know more than your parents, but you're totally wrong, dude. Your parents know a lot more than you. In fact, they were teenagers a long time ago before you were. They've seen a lot more life. And they will lead you. You listen to them. And they'll bless you. You'll be blessed. All right, for parents, verse 21, fathers, also translated parents, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Now, this is very important, parent. You are not to be harsh with your kids. You're not to provoke them. It's a word that means to exasperate them. To be overly strict on your kids. To have unrealistic expectations for your kids. You know, I know as parents sometimes we want the absolute best and, and we want we want God to, to work in the life of our children and we pray for it. But sometimes we can just, we can push them too much. A lot of times as parents we want to try to make The child into the image of what we think the child should be. A wonderful Christian parent counselor said this to me once, and I love it. The goal of a parent is really to unfold the child, not make the child into something you want, unfold. See who God has made them to be and encourage them. Do not provoke. Ephesians chapter 6 puts the positive on it. You fathers do not provoke your children to wrath but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. That word bring them up is tenderly grow. Tenderly grow. Be careful that you're not constantly raining down words of discouragement upon your kids you should have more words of encouragement than you do discouragement yes we're to discipline our kids but make sure that you're rewarding them loving them being there for them investing in them It also says that as Christian parents, the primary responsibility for us is raising our kids in the teaching, the training, and the admonition of the Lord. Christian parent, you are the number one responsibility for raising up kids in the Lord, your own children. You're the one that's supposed to teach them the Bible, to teach them how to pray, to teach them about church. You are supposed to do that your Christian teacher at your Christian school is a supplement. Your Sunday school teacher is a supplement. Your youth pastor here at church is a supplement. Your primary. Your primary. Train them. And that means every day you're investing. Now, I wish I had a blueprint. I would... I wish you could get a blueprint before you became a parent. If this, then do this. Don't wouldn't a flowchart like that be great. I can't get you a flowchart like that. I remember when Kim was pregnant with our first, we took this parenting class and we, we got all this, we were all psyched and ready to go, and the kids come along and they blew up the book. <laughs> Every child is unique. And every situation is unique. And of course, there are general principles in the scripture that all of us should be aware of, like we're reading now. But, you have to depend upon the Lord. You have to be prayed up. So much of it is learning as you go, getting wisdom as you go. Somebody said, sometimes the trouble with being a parent is that by the time you're experienced, you're usually unemployed. But let us all do everything we can. Husband, wife, mom, dad, son, daughter. This is the structure. Ask the Lord to help you fulfill those important roles. All right, what about work? Look at verse 22. We spend a lot of time at work. It says, bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it Heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there is no partiality. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair. Knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So we run into these words, bondservants. And master. And of course, that speaks of slavery, something that we rightly deem as disgusting. It's a terrible institution. Unfortunately, in the days when the New Testament was written, slavery was common. Slavery was an accepted Roman institution. It is estimated that there were 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire. One third of the populations of large cities like Rome, Corinth, and Ephesus were slaves. Slave was prominent. Slavery was prominent. So a lot of times people criticize the New Testament and say it doesn't come down hard against slavery or it condones slavery. Here it is speaking about slavery. This does not condone slavery. This letter was written... To the conditions of the society in which it was written. And in that society, slavery was common. But in that society, slaves were coming to Christ and masters were coming to Christ. And Paul was telling them how to be the best Christian masters and the best Christian bond servants that they could be. You say, well, why doesn't God... Put in the scripture through Paul, you know, come out real hard against the institution of slavery. I think they did because they went after the heart of people first. Everywhere true Christianity spreads, slavery is abolished. Because people's hearts get changed. In fact, everywhere Christianity spreads throughout history, the situation for women and children changes. The Christian faith changes men and women's hearts. And so Paul would preach the gospel. And Paul dealt with people in the situation in which they found themselves. Now, I know we're still healing from slavery here as a nation. But slavery is not a part of this culture at this point. So we can apply this passage to the workplace. Let's exchange the word bondservant with employee. Though you might feel like a slave sometime, you employees. You can replace the word master with employer. The employers, the employees. Let's start with employees. Verse 22. Bondservants, employees, employees. Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. So you are to be in a place of submission to your managers. And the same word that's used of kids is required of you in the workplace. Obey. Hupakuo. Hear and carry out precisely What your managers, what your bosses are telling you to do. Be the best employee that you can. You represent Christ. It says, Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers. Now what that's saying, that's literally saying, do what you're supposed to do at work, whether your boss is in the office or not. So as Christian employees, we do what we're going to do, whether or not we're under the eye of those who are above us in the authority structure. You know, I remember when I was in uh, high school, we had gym class, and we'd do calisthenics, and we'd be doing our push-ups, and the teacher would walk around the room, and whenever their eye was on you, man, you're doing a push-up. But when their back would turn, oh, you drack, right? Yeah, that's not how you're to work as a Christian worker. You're to give it your all. And you want to know why? Because your ultimate boss is the Lord. It says, Obey them in all things according to the flesh, not with eye services, men pleasers, but in serity of heart, fearing God. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Please understand, in your workplace, day by day by day, you give it your all and you work hard because you're serving Jesus Christ. And you should do everything out of excellence. For him. One person said, It is possible for the housewife to cook a meal as if Jesus Christ were going to eat it, or to spring clean the house as if Jesus Christ were to be the honored guest. It is possible for teachers to educate children, for doctors to treat patients and nurses to care for them, for solicitors to help clients shop assistants to serve customers, accountants to audit books, and secretaries to type letters, as if in each case they were serving Jesus Christ. You do it all for the Lord. Your ultimate boss is not the main guy at work, or that gal at work that's in charge. And by the way, it says you're accountable. The Lord will reward you. Verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward for the inheritance. Also look at verse 25, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there's no partiality. God's eyes are always upon you. So serve him. You say, but Terry, I don't like my boss. I don't like my job. I hate it. Hey, that's We live in a free uh, country. Go find another job. There's nothing wrong with you trying to move yourself into a better situation. However, when you're in that place of employment, you work with excellence. You be responsible and do everything you can not to burn bridges. Be a good employee said it before i'll say it again christians should be the best at what they do the best the most dependable people in the office what does it say for employers verse one chapter four masters employers give your bond servants employees what is just and fair knowing also that you have a master in heaven I think that the bosses, the managers, the owners of the business, they should be the hardest working people in the business. You expect your employees to work hard in overtime? So should you. Be a role model. Primarily, though, it says, you give them, you give your employees what's fair. And just. You take care of them. One Christian. Very successful. Business owner said good Christian bosses. Should always be careful to pay fair wages and benefits. To care about the employees illnesses. To be concerned for their marriages. For their children. For their education. And their future man, if God has blessed you with a business and you're the owner, it shouldn't be about everything that it will give to you financially. It should be about taking care of all of those men and women that make it happen for you. Respecting them. Not using it. You're a Christian manager, a Christian owner, you should have a different different thinking. So, again, very important information in the day-to-day details of life. And, of course, we've just touched on it. I would invite you to study more about how you can be a better employee, employer, husband, wife, mom, dad, child. We all need the help of the Holy Spirit in doing this. But I'll tell you what. God's interested And he wants to help you. And if you follow these things, you will be a witness for Jesus Christ. You will shine for him. People will want to know what makes you different. And this really is where it's at. It's been said that if you really want to truly know a man, talk to his wife, his children, and his co-workers. You'll get them. You'll know exactly who that guy is. And it's right in those areas that we need to bring Christ. Father, I ask your blessing upon your people. I pray. That by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help us to live for you in tangible, practical ways every day. Lord, I pray your blessing upon families and marriages and businesses and work. I pray that your people would stand out and shine in every area of life. Lord, I pray for those who are hurting right now, those who are having a tough time in marriage or family and parenting. God, I pray that you would equip moms and dads never to give up. Equip husbands and wives not to give up. Pray that every family member would turn to you. And I pray that where you've placed us, what you've called us to be, that we would do our jobs no matter what anyone else is doing. We'd serve you and we'd trust you. Help us, Lord. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, Perhaps you're here this morning and you just feel like you're going at life completely alone. And there's failure and relationships are falling apart, career things, all these different things in life. And you just feel like you're doing it all alone. You don't have the help from the Lord. You can get help from the Lord himself. He can be a part of your life in every aspect. Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? If you want his touch on every area of your life, you need to become a child in the family of God. And the only way that you can do that is through faith in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sins and rose again that third day. You give your life to the Lord Jesus. Surrender your life to him. Invite him to be your Savior. And he'll save your soul. He'll make you a child in the family of God. And as you cooperate with him and allow him and obey him, he can restore years of waste. He can do amazing things. Maybe you've been coming for several weeks, maybe even several months, but you've not yet put your faith and trust. I want you to have an opportunity right now to do that. If that's you in the quietness of your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I surrender my life to you. I need help. I need divine help. Save me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Change me. Transform me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.